It's hard to take someone seriously when they leave a note saying, you're ugly. My ugly what? The idiot didn't even know the difference between your and your. Carolyn Schultz. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. We today are going to be talking about the most important step in the editing process. If you are going to be an editor, this is the one that most people will think of because this is the one that they got from their college professors, their schoolwork. You are the proofreader. Now, the proofreader has a very special role in the process because they're the one that it's most likely that someone will notice if they make a mistake. The readers on the other side, the people you are trying to serve with your editing, are likely to overlook a plot structure issue. They're likely to just kind of think a metaphor is weird. And they'll blame the author for both of those. But if there is a misplaced apostrophe or something is misspelled, it's immediately taking the reader out of the story. It's distracting them. And they're thinking their editor didn't do a good job. Now, keep in mind that there are going to be mistakes that make it through in pretty much every single published book out there. There's actually a funny thing going around right now about the most recent secret project from Brandon Sanderson, where there was a spelling error that made it through to publication that makes the book seem a little more explicit than it actually is. Apparently, this is not the first time that's happened. And if it's happening with Brandon Sanderson... It's okay. It's not something to beat yourself up over with your own editing. But proofreading mistakes are the number one preventable issue that happens in a book that makes a reader put the book down. Yes. Most readers can accept one or two, especially if they're funny. But proofreaders are needed and essential. And you have to know how to do your job well. The proofreader, that dreaded red pen editor, is going to step into the writing process after the author is happy with all of their words. The word choices are exactly how they want them. The sentences are put together. They've been structured. They've been through that line editing process already. Ideally, the book is going to be formatted for print and publication already when it gets to the proofreader, or at least as close as possible, because you don't want any of those errors being made in that transfer from the proofread document to the not proofread final publication format. That's why you'll often see something called a proof copy. It's bound like a book, and it'll say not for resale on the front but it is a proof copy for your proofreaders to read through as if it were real. I, at least when I'm doing a scene break, changing point of views or whatever, I'll hit enter twice. And that works perfectly fine in my Google Doc or whatever program I'm using. But if I hit enter twice and that scene break happens to fall on a page turn as well, it can very easily be overlooked in the transition to print. And it looks like it's the same scene when it's not. So those are the types of things that a proofreader should be catching. Let's get into the job of the proofreader, the kind of person that you need to be, the kind of knowledge that you need to have in order to be a good proofreader. You are the person who is really annoyed by typos. 
The person who can catch a typo on a page, even if you are reading quickly. That is the perfect kind of person to be a proofreader. Another really useful tool, especially if you as the editor have played other roles in developmentally editing it or line editing it, is to change your font and type size. I think this is where having the proof copy will really serve you because there is a very specific style that goes into the final formatted version of a book that you don't see in drafting or manuscript styles. Another useful tool is to have that editor cheat sheet. All of those grammar questions of lay versus lie and who versus whom, all of these questions that you've had to look up the answers to more than once, jot them down on an editor cheat sheet. We're going to talk a little bit more about how to create your own as an editor, but having that nearby when you're proofreading can be incredibly helpful in streamlining that process. You should also be familiar with the industry standard proofreading marks. They may not be 100% used across the board, but they really are useful in communicating a lot of information in a short amount of space. Those are things like insert a paragraph here, remove the paragraph here, make sure you insert punctuation here. Having those proofreading marks or removing a space All of that can help you quickly make those notations in the proofreading process without having to list it out in a full sentence. There's a reason the proofreading marks exist. This next one, I feel like goes hand in hand with the being really annoyed by typos. It's the same personality type that cherishes their dictionary. The one who has memorized the Chicago Manual of Style. You know the rules because you know what happens if somebody breaks the rules. You're miscommunicating and then the your ugly what comes out and it confuses everybody. So understanding those rules and not only having an annoyance about them being broken, but having the tools nearby because you like it. And if you don't have those memorized, or even if you do, it's important to have access to the tools in a physical copy or a digital copy. Make sure you have that Chicago Manual of Style or the Oxford English Dictionary because those styles, the dictionary, that updates. It changes. Every single year, they're adding new words or modifying certain words. You need to keep up with all of those styles if you're going to be a proofreader. Also, something that you need to do, especially if you are looking at that proof copy that is the final formatted version, you need to be looking for mistakes in formatting as well like font consistencies, chapter title consistencies. Those are things that is up to the proofreader to catch. You also need to pay attention to the blank spaces just as much as the words. Scene breaks, chapter breaks, page breaks, those can get really messy if the proofreader isn't paying attention. And this is something that I noticed when I first started reading as a kid you would have little stars at the bottom of a page if there was ever a scene break at the same time as a page break. Those are really important to be able to include so that the person knows, hey, there's a scene break here. We're not continuing, even though there's no other delineation of this break happening because it's on a page break already. Also, having a single sentence at the end of the chapter on its own page especially if you want all of your chapters to all start on the right page or whatever. It can feel like a huge waste of space and it can feel very awkward to read. 
So that is another blank space thing that you, the proofreader, should be looking out for. Another thing that's just the hardest part about proofreading to me is to understand that you've been given an impossible task. Like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, mistakes will slip through. Hopefully, fingers crossed, the ones that do slip through are comedic and not confusing. But whatever those mistakes are, be ready to fix them or let the people who are fixing these things know because they're going to happen. There's often two weeks after a book is released, a re-upload to KDP or whatever with all of these little fixes that all these thousands of eyes who are on your book are going to catch when you, the proofreader, didn't. That's part of the process. And it's an understood part of the process. One of the things that helped me really know that that was a thing was in the Sanderson fan forum site. They actually have an entire section for new releases that it says, hey, here is where you post typos that you find in this new release, because we know they're going to exist. Help us find them so that future editions don't include the same mistakes. Another major part of the role of a proofreader is making sure that the conventions established in the novel are consistent throughout. All of the Elvish is in italics or whatever. Even if rules are being established that are unique to this story, it's a lot of your job to make sure this is consistent as far as the formatting of italics and punctuation and those kind of things. Even just spelling of the made-up fantasy words and the made-up names, that's part of the proofreader to be able to catch it. And it's important whether it's the author that starts the guide or whether it's you creating it along the way to have a personalized style guide for the book, which we will talk about in our next episode. Now, as somebody who is stepping into this world, is proofreading better for you or is one of the other styles more in line with you? These editors tend to be the most analytical and the least creative. They're not involved in the storytelling process. They are involved in the making sure the story gets told without being distracted by mistakes. They also tend to be the most well-educated as far as a lot of those certifications and degrees because they've spent money and time learning these rules. And they usually love language. There's a reason they went into proofreading. There's a reason they went into editing in general. It's because they love language. They love grammar. They love making sure things are organized in a way that makes sense for that story. And of course, they know the rules and they know when to have an exception to those rules. Understanding if you're losing communication by following the rule, that it's not a good rule to follow in that case. So knowing your rules and knowing the exceptions to the rules. You might be a good fit for a proofreader if, as you're reading, you just naturally catch those mistakes in page numbers, scene breaks, in grammar, spelling, whatever. If you naturally catch them along the way and you tend to catch more than anyone else, you might be a really good fit for a proofreader. So as much as we talk about the proofreader being this analytical and less creative of the editing styles, there's still so much passion that has to be involved in it. You still have to really love it and love the language itself as you're helping others to communicate their voices through the language. That means that you are at least as important when it comes to helping the authors write selfishly. 
If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 